Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We are live. I'm Nick Rouch. He's Adam Luckett. And this is 11 Personnel presented by our good friends at Monticello Bank. They've been in business for 128 years. They've got 21 branches in 14 different counties. Check out their rates online, NBCBank.com. They're putting people first. They've been in business for so long because that's what they do best. Putting people first. It's where people matter. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Give Monticello Bank a shot today for all your banking needs. Look at we need to talk football. We're going to talk about the Cats and the Gamecocks, a big game Saturday night that I'm excited for, nervous for. I'm, I'm really just I'm, I'm excited for the road aspect of it too because it is a fun one and it's the last one of the year so i'm looking forward to going out in the town friday night i don't know about you boys but we got a 7 30 kickoff we and you know it's not like you got to drive an hour from tupelo to get there you know everything's right there um you know we were staying in commerce last time we've got a nice s- s- spread here this time and we know so for everybody out there who ran into that traffic in athens just take 25 through middlesbrough that we, we know in advance they're still doing that construction in Williamsburg. So we're not going to get stuck in that traffic like the 17 other thousand times that Pete got stuck in traffic coming back from Chicago today. Yeah, that's just the Chicago tax you have to pay. Anytime you head up to that city, you're going to hit bad traffic one way or the other. And if you get out of there alive, it's just um, regression to the mean. You know you're going to hit some on the way home. Uh, but, yeah, looking forward to the trip to Cola, to Cola uh, Nick. Be my third time going to East Columbia. Uh, West Columbia is in Missouri. East Columbia, South Carolina. So looking forward to it. Uh, that that stadium rocks. Uh, usually it's yeah. a pretty rowdy atmosphere outside the stadium. Tailgate set up. Last year, or two, 2021 when I went, they really did some upgrades just all around the stadium and downtown, and it was really nice, I thought, last time I went down there. So looking forward to getting back there and in a game, Nick, I think game with stakes for both sides. I think both of these teams have something to play for, and that should make this uh, an interesting matchup. And for Kentucky, it's a revenge spot off of last year. Here's a, here's a question I was wondering. Where, um, where do we rank Columbia among the Carolina towns, south and north? Let's mix them all in because we've got a huge diversity in geography – you know, you got. I mean, Myrtle Beach has got to be up there, right? Uh, so see, I haven't. I've been to Charleston. I've been to Columbia, but I haven't really been to anywhere else in the Carolinas. I haven't been to Charlotte. Haven't really spent any time in North Carolina. We never really vacationed in Myrtle Beach or any of that growing up. So I don't oh, know. Missed out on lots of t-shirts, man. A lot of airbrush t-shirts. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I've never been to Scott Satterfield country in Boone. Um, so I, I, Ooh, I, I'd like I, to go to Boone. Yeah. That's a, that's a place that just in general or, or an area that I definitely need to see some more of. So I don't, my only real experiences are um, Columbia. The first year I went, uh, 
Steven Pink will like this. After the game, it landed up at Waffle House. The Waffle House was rocking. Just like the Tupelo Waffle House. So the Waffle House, they like to have a good time there in Columbia. And I remember the first time I went there, Nick. Uh, this was my younger years. Uh, Mark Stoop's second season, they go down, or third season. Go down there and beat them on the road for the first time. Um, the late night establishments, the watering holes, they closed shop at like midnight. So we got there. And they were like, well, we sh- we shut down because it's Sunday. Apparently they have to close early on Sunday, but they stay, or Saturday night, but they stayed open till late, huh. to like 3.30 on Friday nights. Because Jesus says you need to go home and go to church the next day. Yeah, that's what they told me. Yeah, I, interesting. I, and I, I ended up driving home. Uh, and Columbia also is like an hour longer than you want it to be the drive. Yeah, that's true. That I, I will. It feels like I, you should I be done and you're that. like, you're in the car for 90 more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Asheville's a pretty cool spot. and I, I, I've been to I, Asheville. Yeah, I forgot. We went there last summer. But, yeah. yeah. I, I would like to try Wilmington because that's the, you know, the kind of North Carolina beachy area um, from my understanding. Yes. But yes. Charleston is the coolest out of all of them. Uh, I think I think Charleston's, Charleston. you know, Charleston's great. Uh, I'd probably do Charleston, Charlotte. And I, I compare Asheville to Colin. Asheville, too many, too many people like strung out on drugs. You don't want to be strung out on. There's just people you're like, oh, he's done some, he's done some stuff that you shouldn't be doing. Um, but Columbia, it's a great time. And I know if you're a little bit younger, five points, that's the place to, to be. It's actually nice too during the day. You know, like if we want to go, uh, happy hour, right? Show up and just ready to crack a cold one. That that could be the move. Um, but then just their downtown area is pretty awesome uh, because yes, it is. They, they, they just have to they have to have stuff for the uh, young professionals that work at the Capitol. And so they got a nice strip of uh, establishments there right in front of that that Capitol uh, ground. So um, I, 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 my favorite spot they shut down, they used to have this place that sold uh, stubby natty bottles for two dollars and had like a shuffleboard else. table and it was a uh, concrete. Um, that, that place shut down, I think the wig, there's snooty fluity, like craft beer places there, but that place was cool just because it was in, I mean, it was just in a basement and you were like, how is this? You, you just felt like you were in a place that people would drink at in the forties or something or the twenties. Prohibition. Is, yeah. You know, people were hiding out to drink. Um, so that, that was a, a fun deal, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out and about Friday night, seeing some of the big blue nation out there before a big game on Saturday, but before we get into the nitty-gritty of how Kentucky matches up with Shane Beamer's South Carolina Gamecocks, look at Time to fire that bad boy up. Let's crank up this coaching carousel and see where it takes us because I, it's one of those things that since we've been doing this show, each year I've, I'm loving it more and more and more. And Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M, the – they're, they're just going to be a content gift um, over the next month as to the fallout for that. Because the fun thing about the Texas A&M job, like it is you can just say any name and it's like, yeah, I can see it. Uh, and there's a lot of guys that are like, you, maybe they have some sort of secret big name in there, but a lot of the names that are being thrown around, it's, it's the Kansas coach. It's the Tulane coach. Right, mm-hmm. I mean Willie Fritz and Jamie Chadwell. How many times have they been in coaching search shortlists over the last four years? I mean that's just a lot. Exactly. So uh, I'm I'm curious how that is 
between that and, 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 just, and just also having multiple openings in the SEC always adds a, a little extra juice to it, like it. Yeah, I, I'm going to try. We'll see how it goes. Once a week to just kind of jump into the carousel and write about it. And that first one went up today, KSR Plus. So jump all over there with us. And we're on the message board. We're talking about all kinds of stuff. So come on and join us if you haven't already. Um, and basically, I, I wrote today kind of about A&M, Nick. Uh, and a lot of the talk is A&M, like national championship, top ten job. But it's not a top five job in this conference, right? With Oklahoma and Texas coming in. Uh, Alabama's a better job. Georgia's a better job. Uh, LSU's a better job. Texas is a better job. Sorry, um, Texas X. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then I think you could argue Florida is probably a better job. And I think last twenty years has told us Oklahoma is a better job, right? You know, cause yeah. they just win all the time, no matter who is a head coach there. Um, so, like, how I know what they have, but how can they? How can you sit there and say like this is a cream of the crop job? And I, which I think is going to be kind of the talk here. I don't believe it is. Um, their cult, their culture is money, right? Their history yeah. is money. Um, yep. So I, I, I could see this search being end up being very underwhelming, unless they are able to s- convince someone to leave a spot that they're not great in. So like I, if I would bet, I would bet they probably hire Mike Elko, Elko, because that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can they get somebody like would if they call James Franklin? Would he finally? Say I've had enough up here in Central PA. I think Penn State's in Central PA, uh, middle of nowhere bounce. State College. Yeah, 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 and just middle of nowhere State College. Go uh, then go to Texas. At least you're closer to Houston. So yeah, it's not you're an hour hour away Co- from Houston. College Ryan Station to return to the SEC. Maybe would that happen? I don't know, uh, but like a lot of the names you're hearing thrown out are right. Jeff Trailer, uh, Mike Elko. Chris Kleiman maybe at Kansas State, uh, and so and then there's some others as well. It's just not a super great list, uh, and so like they could end up having pulling from like the same candidates as a Michigan State in the search. So it just tells you, I think, kind of where A and M is. I know they've got they do have all the resources, but resources aren't everything, and so it's gonna to me it's gonna be interesting uh, to see where they go because I just I think it's gotten harder for them. With the like, I think it's probably, might be the hardest team it's on the new alignment, the new realignment with Texas oh, yeah. Oklahoma coming in. It makes that their situation so much tougher. They were the Texas SEC school. Right. I mean, yeah, you know that was that was their big draw, um, and we all know, as you said, like their culture is money. Money talked, money got them a recruiting class, but it did the the success didn't follow, right? Um, I just one of my favorite parts about coaching carousel season is that not only is it fun to just see the hot boards. I mean, I just get kind of a, ooh, what, what you, you know, you dream, right? Even if you're not a fan of that program, it's it's fun to see what the domino effects could be elsewhere. But you also get the denials, and I I love the coaches having to deny that they're going somewhere. And why can I not find the Deion Sanders one. Because the Deion Sanders one. Yeah, the, the one coach- about my wife's here, my dog's here, <laughs> the kids are here. Yeah. 
It, I think uh, Colorado's football team actually tweeted that out. Yeah, I went to Coach Prime's account. And it wasn't Coach Prime. It was the football account that tweeted it out. And it's so funny because it's just two-word sentences. I am here. I am here. My mother is here. My sister is here. My dog is here. My daughter is here. Three of my sons are here. And my other daughter comes out for the home games. I get mail here. I pay taxes here. I'm here. <laughs> I mean, I, I just love that. That That's something that um, you, you, you fail at if you're writing a, all right, I, I need you to write why you wouldn't move. Uh, it, you're, you're sending this to a 10-year-old. Fifth grade, and you're like, kid, you gotta, you gotta right. use, you gotta mix up your language a little bit here. It just, ah, so funny. And I love too that, unlike the Dan Landing, where Landing tries to come across as this, uh, hey, I'm not trying to get a raise. Like I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I mean this. I'm all about winning. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, a, he could just be lying. Lying. B, Prime, just like I'll just put out this silly graphic. I don't even feel like answering the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Once everything settles, we are going. Well, we do do our yearly coaching carousel show where we kind of go through every hire and kind of discuss everything. Um, but that that will get there when we get here. But with Deion Sanders, I think what people don't realize, I think people that are really into this and follow it all the time know it. But Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders can't transfer again. Mm-mm. They've used their one time transfer. They're stuck. So they're they're stuck at Colorado. So he's not going anywhere. Yeah, you know, he's, he's I, at least a two-year deal. Yeah, so they, he's stuck there for this year. Now, next year, all bets are off, um, but he's stuck there. right? Now. He's not going anywhere. Dan Lanning, that was an interesting one to me because I think that's the big name in that A&M search we're seeing pop up. Like, I mean, are we sure that's a better job than Oregon? I don't think it is. No, I, I wouldn't, especially – I'm curious how the Big Ten dynamics play at that, but I mean, you've got Nike there. But that's just, almost just, like oil money, you know. They're well, they're in the big, they're in the big boy conference. Mm-hmm. And what jobs are better than Oregon in the big boy conference? Michigan, Ohio State, or Ohio State for sure, USC for sure. And that's it. I mean, in Michigan, we think so, but I think Ohio, I think Oregon's a better job than Penn State. Yep. You know, I think you know Michigan is close. The only thing with Oregon is, can you recruit there? But I think Cristobal and Lanning have both shown that they could that that that's a place that can recruit nationally. It's one of the rare places that mm-hmm. can go out and it, it, its brand can recruit kids from all over the United States. Uh, not all schools are like that. Like Auburn can't do that, like Oregon can, in my opinion. Um, and so that was that's what makes them unique in that aspect. It uh. It's going to be fun. We're just getting started. Um, we had that opening in Mississippi State um, where – Yeah. I do want to touch touch on that because mm-hmm. obviously John Summerall is the big one there, Nick. Mississippi State, Dan Mullen, offensive play caller. Joe Moorhead, offensive play caller. Mike Leach, offensive play caller. They had their best decade-plus run in program history doing that. Uh, four top 25 finishes, a couple of nine-win seasons – they go defensive coordinator. It implodes. I very much think they're going to be offensive play caller and head coach is what they're looking for. That's who I think the hire would be. So you're looking at like a Jamie Chadwell, yeah. um, a Rhett Lashley, and then maybe a guy like Oklahoma offensive coordinator Jeff Levy if they wanted the coordinator out. I think that's who they're going to 
kind of focus on. So I don't think Summerall will get that job, but he's definitely going to be in that mix there. And you're going to hear his name, I think, mentioned when that job Quite comes a few up. of these. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But spe- specifically uh, that one. And then Arkansas, if Arkansas opens, Nick, they've tried to hire Gus Malzahn a couple of times. Like this is the one time it feels like they could get him. So for Bring me, him that back. Open, for me, do we get Gus Malzahn back at SEC media days? That's my big question if Arkansas opens. Yeah, but then Gus can't wear his cool Florida shirts anymore. Yeah, that's right. But seeing Arkansas, seeing Arkansas host Auburn would be awesome with Gus Malzahn on the Arkansas sidelines. But does Gus? I just can't. He Gus doesn't have that pop for me anymore. I don't. I mean, they've been pretty so-so. Yeah, and also they just—that's why would they would they hire him? But I don't. I think there's going to be people pushing for him because he's the. Prodigal son. Guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Returns home. So uh, we'll, we'll have plenty more to talk about the coaching carousel. Um, it's it's going to be an ever-present part of 11 personnel over the next few months. It's a lot of fun. And um, it's brought to you by our friends at Game Time. You want to go watch these coaches in person for the final time? Go into the Game Time app. <laughs> GameTime.co is the website. Download the Game Time app. Put in promo code KSR. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase um i i think you should heavily consider checking out your tickets now for some of these games we got rivalry week coming up we got kentucky basketball coming up the game time app it's very simple to use you can see your seat before you buy it it only takes two clicks two clicks it's very simple like it um i I just I can't I can't stress up. I it was the one of the rare times where I didn't have to get that call from my dad on how it works it was just boom, two clicks, tickets on your phone, you're ready to rock and roll. There's no hassle whatsoever, and there's a lot of big games coming up. So do yourself a favor and get on the Game Time app today. Promo code KSR for $20 off at checkout. Um, that's also, if you're thinking about the bowl game, that's going to be the move for the bowl game tickets because the the UK allotment, I know they, they're they proud of that, and they're going to want to suppress that when it comes to time because it helps – them in the eyes of the bowl game, but you'll be able to get yeah. tickets at, at tickets at a much better rate if you go through our friends at game time this college football bowl season. Um, yeah, I know that's true, but they're kind of stuck because they're going to be behind Tennessee. They're going to be behind Missouri. They're going to be behind LSU. going to be behind Ole Miss, right? So three and five, four and four, to me, like it's not a huge difference between those. Oh, no, I'm just talking about, like, for okay, their – Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, big picture. Right, Mitch Mitch looks good if he if he's Disregard. But, uh, but, like, I, it would be – it'd be real nice if we ended up in Florida, you know. Get to stay with Florida Doug in Jacksonville for the Gator Bowl. Huh? would not hate that. Definitely wouldn't hate that. I, I need to we – we, I haven't pounded some beers with Florida Doug in a while. Okay, I'm overdue. <laughs> I'm long overdue. Um like it. Let's let's get into let's get into a little bit with this South Carolina game because I just on paper I I see these past defenses and I know the last two meetings have been slobber knockers. Uh, Kentucky, what was it, fifteen to ten? The last time down in Columbia, sixteen to ten. Yeah, that's the only night game Shane Beamer's lost at home uh, in three years as being the South Carolina head coach, uh, and then last year. 
Beamer even pointed this out. You know, if you don't mess up the trick play and they don't block a punt, I mean, that game's basically even um, for the for the most part. Uh, and you didn't have I Will Levis there. Forgot about the block punt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People forget about the block punt. Beamer had to go and Beamer with his special teams play. So it, it, that was a twenty four fourteen, and those are two basically scoring plays right there. So. History says this is a slobber knocker, but these pass defenses, uh, South Carolina's 108 in EPA, Kentucky's 86, and they've really been gashed uh, by by above average passing offenses at this point. So I can't, I, I just I, I I can't I can't get away from that lucky. Like I can't look past that for whatever reason. That is that is the one thing that is just standing out in my mind above all else, and I'm a little worried because I I just. I know Spencer Rattler is a little bit more consistent with Leggett than Leary has been with his pass catchers up to this point in the season. Yeah, to your point, Nick. Uh, the under, 7-1 and one in this series, the last eight meetings. So this has typically been a lower-scoring game. Um, Kentucky's 8-2 and two ATS since Mark Stoops arrived against the Gamecocks. Both losses were with backup quarterbacks. So when he has his starting quarterback, he has an unblemished spread record against South Carolina, even when they were a 21-point dog in 2013. They played probably their best game of the season down there and lost by seven. Like, Jalen Wintlow was on fire um, there in that game. And if they could have got – they almost got an onside kick there at the end, if you remember, way back. And their offense was rolling at that point. Well, that was at home, right? Yeah, that was – That was 2013. That was at – Yeah. No. Clowney didn't – they had Clowney and he didn't play. Yeah, I was at Williams-Price. No, it was it was at Kentucky because I was or would Whitlow have played in twelve? Yeah, you would. You're thinking twenty twelve. I'm thinking twelve because that yeah, they, they came did. out and they that were, game was surprisingly yes. close because I it was my twenty first yeah. birthday. I did a tailgate and you know what? If I can remember anything from that, shout out to me. You know, <laughs> kudos to me. So they did. They Kentucky plays well against South Carolina. To me, like you look at the South Carolina defense, Nick. They have. A lot of problems. It's the worst defense, power conference defense Kentucky has seen since Vanderbilt, I think by a good margin. Uh, Florida's pretty bad now in hindsight, but I even think it's probably a little worse than Florida, but it's close. Um, they've been lit up by every offense they've played. Mississippi State scored 30 points, had their best offensive game of the season. Graham Mertz threw for over 400 yards, had his best game of the season. Texas A&M, who's labored on offense, scored 30 points. Um, and the list goes on and on. Tennessee had a huge game offensively against um, this offense. In Kentucky, when you kind of look at them, I think the offense is doing some good things. There was a there was a question in the chat uh, that I saw. Uh, sorry if I missed the name there, but it was basically, what are the numbers, Gangarello and Cohen? And they're a lot better. Um, Kentucky's like top – 40 in yards per play. They were in the hundreds last year. They're like 42nd, I believe, in red zone touchdown percentage. They were in the hundreds there last year. Um, points per drive, they're top 50. It was down near 100 in the, or in the 90s last year. They've made strides on offense. Mm-hmm. And I think Kentucky, even in some of these other games, they've scored some points. Uh, Missouri just held Tennessee to seven. Um, it was Missouri who defense kept them in that game a long time against Georgia. Like they score 21 points against that Missouri defense. They they sputter out, but they put some three or four really good drives together. They score points. They scored some points um, against Alabama. They scored some points against Georgia. Not a lot, but had some moments in that game. 
Um, and they've all, and then I think of the Mississippi State game. I think if Leary doesn't get hurt, they at least add another touchdown on there, and then they have 30-plus points in that game. Um, so they're scoring some points. I think they're going to be able to score against the South Carolina defense, and then it, you switch to the other side. We all know Rattler in that passing game. Now, one thing I'll say, it's very much one wide receiver driven in Xavier Leggett. So if you can slow him down, you kind of slow down the offense. Their running game has been pretty bad. Um, and Rattler's getting the ball out quick, Nick. I mean, we've talked about it, how the issues their offensive line are having. So it's not like – I don't think it's going to be like Georgia and Alabama where they're driving the ball vertically down the field. I think it's going to be more quick game and getting it out fast. So for Kentucky, it's going to just be all about, you know, tackling and stopping the run. If they tackle in space and stop the run, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. Um, but the carry-on joiner is likely out, their receiver slash running back. Yeah, uh, Mario Anderson's their best back. I um, mean, he's having a good year, but he's still his success rate in sports right around 37%. But every other back is averaging under three yards per rush. Um, and they're yeah. and they're banged up, and their offensive line's banged up. Uh, it's very much a trench game. Like if Kentucky, Kentucky's defensive line should have their way with the South Carolina offensive line, and Kentucky's offensive line – as long as they're not as long as they're not stinking up the joint, I think they're gonna have a good day on offense. And as long as Kentucky's defensive line plays to their standard, I think they're gonna cause some issues for South Carolina. If those two things happen, I think Kentucky wins. Uh, but if they don't, then I think it could get a little scary for the for the Wildcats down there. But they are I do think they are the better team, but you look at just Kentucky's pass defense versus South Carolina's offense, and especially if Rattlers get hot, gets hot, and we've seen him get hot in the past, that's, I think, the real scary part of this game. Yeah, and the the other part of it, too, is, uh, is how, how – uh, I got to go back to their defense because they really put themselves in a weird spot. They just completely changed everything they did in Week Ten. Now I don't know if that was Vanderbilt dependent or not. Or there's, just, yeah, there's a lot um, of quit, quit, uh, throw it in the towel, um, tank, uh, going on over there with that Vanderbilt. Um, they very much folded it in, and even Clark Lee kind of talked about it in his press conference. So I think they had a lot to do with that. But yeah, I mean, right, v- Vandy just went to three three five look essentially and played cover. Um, they just got out of what they normally did. So I don't know how much that's going to complicate the game plan. You know, like how, how much of it is actually they wanted to do that because they thought they would be good at it versus they're doing that to try to just mess with their final two opponents and put a bunch of stuff on film and over-prepare for just way too much. I think it's more they stink right now. We so they're just throwing – we got to try something else. I think if they thought it would have probably worked as well as they did, they probably would have saved it for a week. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, Clayton also, White, I think, is their defense coordinator is on the hot seat. So he's trying to find well, solutions. The other part of it, too, if you're going to play three down, well, okay, let's, let's run some outside zone, get Ray Davis rolling, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, it's going to be it's gonna be a lot different than what they see from Mississippi State because that, that, like, that's the first thing that pops in my head. 3-3-5, you just saw 3-3-5, didn't look great. So Mississippi State, do you, though, does, like, that's what they do. Yeah. You know, right. they're, 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 that's, that's embedded they're, in their culture. Their they, linebackers they have, are way, way better 
their their two linebackers so. were the they're like two of the top three tacklers in the SEC. Just those right. two guys alone. So, right, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we'll see. But this is still like this is a team Kentucky should go score some points against. Like I think that's a lot of this game to me. Like offense, go score some points against a bad defense. It's a bad defense. Go score some points. Defense, um, stop the run. Don't get don't give up big plays passing. And if you do that, you're gonna get. South Carolina in some winnable third down situations. Like to me, that's kind of that's mm-hmm. kind of the game there. To, to me, you know, then you need to go and do it. But um, this is a game Kentucky should win. They're the, the better football team, in my opinion. Um, but they have to they have to go and do it and do it. And, yep. Yeah, yep. They, let's um let's discuss the Kentucky defense, which has been ugly at times. But you're gonna look damn good if you're rocking some bird dogs. So listen. Fellas, tell the ladies in your life to go to birddogs.com slash KSR. Click that link. Scroll through some of the fine selections they have there, whether it's uh, stylish polos. I'm just, I'm a big fan of the shorts. Look, it, it, it's been warm enough that I, I got to rock my bird dogs today. They're great. They're just so great. They're so nice. Love the zippers. Love the built-in liner. So efficient. And also so nice that uh, they, they feel like th- – they're, they're so comfortable, but they look stylish from afar. So I, I think it's going to be warm enough this weekend, too, where I can uh, wear my bird dog khaki shorts down to Columbia where they look like gym shorts, or they, they look like dress shorts, but they feel like gym shorts. Get yourself a pair this holiday season. Tell the woman in your life, put in that promo code, and you're going to get a Hydroplast-style water bottle with that purchase to stuff in somebody's stocking, bring it out, white elephant gift, whatever it may be. Promo code KSR at checkout at birddogs.com. Look at this Kentucky defense. I I don't know how how shell shocked they they are. Right. Yeah. That that's really my especially in the secondary. They've been beat up where it feels like every other week there's somebody. You know, we had Drew Phillips out a week ago. Um I may have heard that another safety was walking around with a boot on his foot on campus, you know. And Jordan Lovett again? You know, I mean, it's just kind of a rotating door at this point. And for me, Kentucky, when they play these top 25 offenses, they get gashed. They've just been getting gashed. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Is 25 the hard line? Because South Carolina's at 30. You know, I mean, they're just on the outside of that because they're inefficient in the run game, because they can't protect the quarterback. And I think of all the disappointing things about last weekend, it's just that they didn't get to Milrow much at all. And there was a couple times that he was pressured, but it was coming from the interior and he ran away from it so easily. Or that, you know, Ox sets a hard edge and then Milrow makes one cut, he slips and falls, goes the other way and runs like 20 yards. Rattler isn't as good of an athlete as Milrow. But if Gene Chizik can get nine freaking sacks against this damn team, then Kentucky should be able to get his ass into the ground. That that's the part where I, I'm I, I'm I'm already just I, I'm I'm going to live with the big legat play that's going to happen this game. I mean, there mm-hmm. it's, it's going to happen, right? You just gotta you gotta just prepare for that accordingly, Big Blue Nation. But I I want to see Spencer Rattler under duress. Um, and you know what? I'll even even if there's only one or two sacks, and he's having to put himself in uncomfortable situations and throw the ball away. So 
but they have got to do a better job of getting after the quarterback this week than they did a week ago against an offensive line that has been giving up sacks all year long. Yeah, I think that's a big part of this game is getting some pressure on Rattler. Um, you just got you have to take advantage of that. Now he's getting the ball out fast, but you got to get him down on the ground when you can. I mean, you got to you know that was a big part last week. Vandy didn't get it one sack against South Carolina, and that 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 had a lot to do with with that blowout victory. I think when you look at you know, South Carolina, he's posted some big numbers, Nick, but he's also thrown the ball a lot. Yeah. Um, and he's had some he's had some ugly performances too. Under five yards it's, attempt against Tennessee, under five and a half yards attempt against Missouri, under five and a half yards per attempt. There's a lot Texas of A&M. bad teams at home, stat padding, and also playing from behind, and that's the only thing that works, so I'm going to throw it 55 times. Yeah, but they're going to have success throwing the football against Kentucky. I don't think – yeah, uh, I don't think that's in doubt. Uh, it's just in situationally, um, Kentucky's got to win in in some big areas. Uh, most notably, third down. I, I, Nick, to your point about the top twenty offenses, Kentucky four games against top twenty offenses, three point seven point one points per drive, which is a lot. That's in ten. Like, that would be if a team had ten drives, they would score thirty seven points. That's a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Uh, 51.7% success rate, which is extremely high, um, right at seven yards per play, which is very, very high. And Quick then, question. Uh, yeah. what What is your uh, metric, your stat? Yeah, for op- I should have started that. ESPN's SP Plus, SP plus? rankings. Bill Connolly's opponent okay. and tempo adjusted rankings here. Didn't know and if you were then, going off success rate or what. Okay, and got then it. SP non-top, plus. non-top 20 offenses, and one of these offenses, Florida's a top 30 unit. Florida's currently 29th. Oh. Uh, 1.22 points per drive, which is really good. Uh, 35.2% success rate, really good. 4.3 yards per play. That's really good. good. Yeah. It's it's very Jekyll and Hyde um, operation right now. So Florida and, or excuse me, South Carolina and Louisville, the last two teams are on the schedule are clearly better than Vanderbilt and Mississippi State on offense. No one is denying this. Um, But they're not as good as Georgia or Alabama or Missouri, in my opinion. And Tennessee is very much the the scheme is an issue for Kentucky, for whatever. We don't need to – we've talked about that a hundred (laughs) times. But these two offenses are more comparable to me to Florida – so if Kentucky, and Kentucky held that Florida offense to, I believe, 14 points on 10 possessions, um, Mertz had a high completion percentage, uh, but they kept him mostly in check, didn't give up explosives, and totally took the run game out of the day. Like, everyone left that stadium thinking, man, Kentucky's defense really good shape. Oh, right? I thought it was the best. It could be the best defense of the Brad White era after that game. <laughs> I mean, that's how much change, things have changed. And so I, I think they're going to have some more success defensively this week. I don't think South Carolina is going to post a huge success rate number against Kentucky like Alabama and Georgia did. And so I think they're going to have some more success, and I think team Kentucky's offense should score some points. I would favor Kentucky in that. But I'm very interested in these last two games, Nick. Which one is it? Like, are they the defense up top that anyone with, a, like, a pulse they're just terrible against? Or are they the defense from the bottom where – they just got got by two good offense, two national championship caliber offenses, 
and a Tennessee team schematically that they just don't have answers for for whatever reason. Like that's really what I want to see, and I think these last two games will tell us. Yeah, that's to me that's the most interesting part of this this game, and then even next week's game. Because each team is, they aren't consistent high scores, but they're capable of it. You know, they 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 yeah. have that pop in them. Um, so I that that's a great point. Well, again, I do want you to explain something to me um, that's kind of unrelated to this, um, because I'm fascinated by Kentucky's EPA versus their success rate in the run because they're ranked 25th in EPA against the run. They're 55th in success rate. So does that essentially mean they're good at preventing the big plays? Or yeah, okay. Yeah. Because another uh, um, another stat that kind of tells this Nick um, is line yards per rush that you're giving up. Kentucky is like fifth in the conference um, in the line, which is pretty much like um, if it's blo- like if they get past the line of scrimmage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're great at second level and open field yards. So second level is pretty much does it get past the linebackers? And, and then they, open field, open field is like does it get to the third level in open space? Mm-hmm. Um, Kentucky, um, according to Cover2SEC.com, uh, leads the conference or is second in the conference in second level yards rushing and leads the conference in open field yards, where they're six in line yards. So. Essentially, it's illustrating the thought that we've all had where opponents are pretty good at getting that two or three, four yards on first down, right? Success rate staying ahead of the chains. But they aren't giving up the big plays in the run game. And the byproduct is opponents are converting third downs at an incredibly high rate. And it's been really bad as of late as well. Uh, But but that's because they have easy third down opportunities. Yeah, that that is true. But also I think. The completion percentage defense has a bigger part in that. Yeah. the passing defense in general. <laughs> yeah. And, um, teams aren't having to run it an awful lot against Kentucky. They're just saying, hey, they can't stop the pass. Let's pass it. And that's the scary part of this week. Um, South Carolina leads the SEC in pass play percentage, right, number 16th nationally. Um, they're very much just running it, trying to keep the pass rush at bay. Yeah, um, yeah. They're ready, Eat, you eating know, runs. If things go to plan, I wouldn't be surprised if for them Rattler gets close to fifty throws, um, because that's that's their best offense is him just in the pocket making decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of where it's at. I, I think Kentucky's run defense has been fine. I think it's been good uh, yeah. pretty much all year, but uh, the except for the Tennessee game, uh, but the pass defense is where the the problems are, um, and you can blame the pass rush. And you can blame coverage. I mean, it's they both had issues. Um, I think coverage is kind of the bigger issue. Um, right. But if you're going to play a cover three scheme and a zone scheme, you have to be able to rush the passer and generate pressure with four. If you can't do that, you're you're toast a lot of times. And so, especially against good passing offenses, and they've played a lot more good passing offenses than they typically play in a single season, in my opinion. That's true. That's true. Um. Either way, it it should be a good game. Like it is 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 it Kentucky minus one? I believe was the last I well, saw. It's one one and a half this afternoon. I haven't checked since then. Um, you can find that line on Fanduel. One thing I like about Fanduel too, like it, they've got Heisman odds out, and it's lower I, than it was a week ago. But I jumped I dab- on Jane Daniels at I plus three fifty. <laughs> I did too. 
It, it wasn't what um, I, I think it was nine to one last week, but he's he the game he had uh, against Florida on Saturday. It was you know it, it was Lamar jumping over the Syracuse guy where you're just like, oh, he's just doing things that other people can't do. That 85 yard touchdown run, um, all of his stats. I mean, I'm shocked that Bo Nix is still the favorite. Um, I, I guess I'm not paying close enough attention to his yeah, production. He's just so, going to get the extra data point in the conference championship game. That's the scary part. That right. him, him or Penix, like whoever wins that game, is going to get the extra data point. But I, uh, but and, and, yeah, and I there might you, be a little right. bit of like, SEC fatigue. But I mean, a USC quarterback won it last year, so it's not like um, we haven't had a West Coast at all. But the Daniels production, in spite of his defense, has been incredible. And and also the other thing too, like. It, when it comes to the Heisman Award, and I, I get that you want to give it to a guy who's on a team that's good, but if there's a if there's a better player out there, he deserves it more than the guy who's just the best player on a better team. I mean, it it should be more I of a yeah. best player award than a best player on the best team award. I think the numbers might just be overwhelming. Yeah. Where he might yeah. win it. Well, I mean, especially with the deadbeat Texas A&M on the schedule, and who they got an FCS this week? Georgia right? State this week. Yeah, so that well, that that I do worry because he doesn't have a, like a big game the last two weeks, and that matters sometimes. Oh, if people so that if he becomes an afterthought. Yeah, what if like Michael Penix has a huge game this weekend against Oregon State, a big window? They play a rivalry game next week. They're in the playoff hunt, so people are paying attention to them. Then they play Oregon and Vegas. That would be the concern. Um, but I, I, I took it too. Uh, the pl- I got plus three seventy, and I also took. Now we're talking about futures. I went ahead, Nick, and just went roll with Georgia, plus two fifty to win the title. I think they're the best team. Um, I think they're going to go. They're all, I, they should be going undefeated now. They can even lose Alabama and get in the dance. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I think they're the best team. And if they get past Bama, and they're not going to have to see them again. Yeah. And I'll I'll take them over the rest of the field. Um, so I went ahead and took Georgia at plus 250 over at FanDuel. You can get, uh, as we said, FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. Download it today. Put in promo code PERSONNEL and make your initial deposit. Place a $5 money line wager. If you hit it, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets in your wallet today. Whether that's a big money line favorite or you just want something juicy, FanDuel, they'll hook you up. They've got all the best bets, player props, whatever it may be. Love player props in college basketball. I don't even think I'm going to bet sides anymore, Look it. I think I'm just betting player props because I can't choose a damn side right, but I'm getting player props left and right. So FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel.com slash personnel. $5 money on wager, a winning $5 money on wager. gets you 150 bucks in bonus bets. Must be 21 and older in the state of Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 initial deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.sportsbook.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Luck it. We, we tried to get the Kentucky hot start. Um, I individually had wagers on the Leary two touchdowns and a Dane Key touchdown, and we got one. I was just not gonna lie. After Ramon Jefferson got it down there, I was like, throw it in, throw it, just get him there. <laughs> yeah, um, if he would have got stopped another time, he would have had to. I think this week it's the Suck It Shane parlay, <laughs> the Suck It Shane eleven personnel parlay. Lucky, what do we got in the fade Beamer? 
suck it chain parlay. Yeah, plus three fifty eight of this afternoon. UK minus one and a half. UK first Boom. quarter minus one and a half. Boom. UK first half minus one and a half. UK team total over twenty seven and a half. Boom. I think of all those, I think I feel best about that team total over. Nick. I was yeah. I think I'm going to hop on that separately just right now. South Carolina's defense is bad. I think Kentucky's going to score some points here. Um, I think they're going to have to score some points to win this game. So give me that team total over 27 and a half. Boom. Lock it in. Um, we're going to have more picks tomorrow on the pigskin preview. Um, had a pretty good week last week. I mean, aside from – I mean, the one loss I had – the good thing is they don't take more money away if you lose by more. Because if not, then I would have lost all of it. Um, I mean, Alabama hit the hit, hit the total by themselves. Co- the column had a nice bounce back week. Four and two in our traditional picks. Three and one in props. A seven and three weekend. Got two more to go. We're going to close strong. Pigskin preview, I think we went four and two combined. So yep, yep. A nice, nice bounce back as our Iowa ATM, ATM just keeps on cashing. For us this year. Oh, I had to jump on that uh, Iowa under two when Cooper DeGene was announced out for the year. Because he was good for at least setting them up for a score. So, let's just keep riding this. 30 and a half, that's high for an Iowa game. At this point, you're right. I'm very interested to see how that unfolds. Because they're going to win the West. I mean, they're a win away from winning the West. Yeah. So they're going to go and get destroyed in Indianapolis by Ohio State or Michigan. But actually, Ohio State has kind of struggled to score at times, and maybe they could make like muck that up where it's not like a 24-10 to 10 loss maybe here, 24-7. Um, but, like, what does Kirk do? Does he, is he really running it back, or is it, could he, like, quietly retire? Right. Very interested to see how that plays out. The, um, the other thing that I'm interested to see, how low can you go – in the Nebraska Iowa total. Oh, like, I didn't even think about that. I mean, that's got to be twenty five ish, twenty six. I would think, right? I mean, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and it's on a Friday, so it's Friday at noon. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, like give me that. So yeah, yeah. Give me- I want to see those sick <laughs> those TV ratings for that sicko fest. Oh, it's, it's you know who's going to be tuning hey, in? Yours truly. <laughs> did you see what happened? I mean, we watched it up in the box. But Chubba Purdy threw that interception. I missed this during the game, Nick. Um, but I think Harburg, their starter, got hurt or something. They put Jeff Sims in, and he turned the ball over three times in like four possessions. <laughs> so they had to pull him. They still almost. They were still going to win the game, and then uh, they threw an interception in the end zone. And Chubba shock, Purdy, shocker of the century. Uh, Nebraska fans are not happy with Marcus Satterfield. Oh. Who could have seen that coming? Who saw that coming, right? Yeah. Couldn't so, uh, and then Matt Rule is just kind of, you know, trying to defend them and say it's not everybody's, it's not his fault, blah, blah, yeah. But they're like, Nick, they were on the verge of ball eligibility, right? They were five and three, played at Michigan State, interim head coach Michigan State. They were better than, lost that game. Mm-hmm. Turnovers were a big deal. Then host Maryland, a really Maryland team, had them beat, find a way to lose that game. Now they have to go to Wisconsin, and then they have Iowa at home. They're going to be in dog in each. That would be brutal. <laughs> brutal yeah. if they can't win one of those and they end up 5-7 and seven and that bulge route continues. Oh, would be such a shame. 
Really? Really would be. <laughs> love, love, love some... You're not getting crocodile tears from me. Uh, what can, so, Nick, how are you I, I, feeling about this game? So, where, like, when we make our predictions, where are you going to be at? I'm nervous. Yeah, I just, I don't, I, and and it's 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 my heart, you know. It we got to the time of the year where we've got. I mean, this happens every November. Kentucky gets shellacked by somebody in football, and then the basketball team loses the Champions Classic, and I'm I'm in a bad spot mentally. Uh, you know, got the cards coming around the corner, first game against the family. I'm, you know, I'm just going to be in a weird spot. And so I'm trying to keep my outlook positive, but I, I'm so, so worried about this Kentucky defense not rallying. I just, if they don't get pressure on Rattler, I'm just, I'm just worried that even if this offense gets 31 points, that it's not going to be enough. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. But I, I, I'm, I'm also just trying to distract myself from not thinking about that. So I'm, I'm I, and my hope is my, my real hope, and I don't think this is wishful thinking either. Is just that Ray Davis is going to have like he, he's due for a big yeah, game. yeah. I mean, I think that back, getting the balance back is going to help a lot, and that's kind of baked into me thinking Kentucky's going to have a big game on offense. I think they're going to be able to run the football. Yeah. Um, some here, and I think you're gonna have a big game. But I do like Kentucky and kind of these pick 'em ish games at the end of the season. They perform well. Now playing Louisville has a lot to do with that because they've had <laughs> Louisville's number in those games. But Missouri last year was a PK. They went down there mm-hmm. and won. Um, they beat you know Vanderbilt's in there too. They beat South Carolina in 2020. That was a bad South Carolina team, obviously. But they've they've had some wins here, and they've been able to bounce back. Uh, in November and record some wins. Um, a lot of that's against Louisville. Well, the, the the mental aspect of it is the part that I'm holding on to because I think yeah, this team's going to be just pissed no, off from this revenge no spot that, from last year. You know, Yeah, you would think there's – like to me, I'm trying to take all of that out of there because there's just no way I think you can handicap where they are, where South Carolina is, all of that, you know, to me. You just got to – it's just going to have to see how that – plays out. I just look at it as Kentucky should score on this team. Um, Kentucky, sh- I think they're going to get some stops on this team. I don't see South Carolina going to score 35-plus points. I think they can win this game. They can go in there and win this game like a 34 to 23. Um, that's how kind of I see it. And would be perfect, this perfect this team to go and win this game by double digits. Yeah. I, just I, be this I love story. it. I'd absolutely love it. Uh, I'm going to love hearing your thoughts in the car Friday about this Thursday night football game because, dude, this oh, is a yeah. big one. We went yeah. from Panthers and Bears to a game with significant playoff implications because the AFC North is loaded. You're you're over 500 and fourth in the division. So how, how are we feeling going into this game? Because I just – I have no idea what Bengals team is going to show up. To this game I am not super happy about the biggest game of the year being on a short week um, not super thrilled that short week on the road that this is how this game is playing out Bengals are banged up T Higgins isn't playing Sam Hubbard's probably a scratch it's Trey Hendrickson Trey, he's gonna play he's a freaking maniac number one um, two but he's gonna be limited do, do not love how this game is setting up Bengals' run defense was very iffy last week. Ravens could run the ball. So I don't love how it's going here, but 
this is these are the moments where Burrow typically plays the best, but they're going to need a really good game from him. But he played. Yeah. I thought he played really good last week. Um, the two turnovers are just they were he was they were down. He had to play hero ball, um, and even then, I mean, if they catch that touchdown pass, they win the game. That was just that was a crazy that was a bad loss, but that was a crazy crazy game there in Cincinnati. The Ravens did show you on Sunday that they're they're liable to just poop down yeah. their legs too the at any given moment. Um, yeah, I, I think for the Bengals, like if they win this one, I think they're winning the division, and I think they're right back there, and they're going to end up being like the two or the three seed. Because you look at the AFC, Nick, it's pretty wide open. If the Eagles win in KC, the Chiefs will have three losses, and so then hmm. everybody is like within a loss of each other, right? And who? So yeah. It, Who's next up after Kansas City for that one seed? Who who would be? It I was, guess the Dolphins. I think it's uh, Baltimore. Uh-huh. I think I think Miami six and three, and Baltimore seven and three. So Baltimore by a half game, but they they're even in the loss column. And and hell, and the Jags were I think five and three before that loss on. I think Sunday. they're six and three now. They were six and three. Yeah. With the loss. I think they're six and three right now. So there's a lot. There's a lot right there. A lot still yeah. to play for. And it's so it's. it's, it's it's gonna make December wild. Like December's gonna be, it's gonna awesome. be fun. Yeah, uh, but big game. Don't love this on a short week. Um, the Bengals have won a lot recently against the Ravens, but they're always feel like they're never like an easy win. It's always like down to the wire and some shenanigans. Really feel like we get a lot of when Lamar Jackson plays prime time. There's always some shenanigans. So yeah, I'm hoping. He has to run to the bathroom at some point. I really, really, I just want to make the fumble joke, right? It's that time of the year. Louisville's right around the corner, and that's what he does. He fumbles it a lot. So we, yeah, we he could was have awesome. that right around week the corner. Week two, I mean, he was awesome. That was probably the best game he's played all year, uh, or one of them was week two in Cincinnati. Uh, he was awesome in that game. Um, so, but but a huge game. I mean, Bengals don't have a division one yet. Like they have to, they really Ooh. their backs are against the wall, and so this is a big big spot for them. And they're banged up, so we'll see. Big weekend for the 11 personnel crew. We'll be down in Columbia. If you're out Friday night, hit us up. We're going to be getting after it. I know at some point we're going to stop in Pearls like it because it's just – love that place. Uh, uh, looking love forward the, to it. I don't think I've ever been there. It is um, – it's it's just lots of vibes that I'm, I'm trying to catch. <laughs> so um, hit us up at some point. We're going to be getting after it, having ourselves a fun time. Friday night, and hopefully celebrating even more Saturday night with a big win in the middle of the sandstorm at Williams-Brice Stadium. Kickoff is 7.30 on the SEC Network. We'll share our predictions Thursday on the Pigskin Preview. And a lot more content coming. Check out KS Board as well. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.